Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am Bradley. And fresh from his week-long evangelist camp, where he's learned how to use the power of God to rid me of my sight issues, it's Stu. Praise be, Stu. Praise be. Uh, praise the sun. I think you got it wrong a little bit. I was praying to rid you of your sight, oh. not to rid you of your sight issues. So it seems to be going pretty well so far. Yeah. Ah, well, joke's on you because I'm getting better. Ah, bugger. <laughs> Um, oh well, I did my best ah, no. Let's blame the man upstairs Oh great, he's going to start talking more and more Oh it's all God stuff now uh, Yeah, that's my new thing Yeah that's what I'm going to do, that's it I'm, I'm, I'm born again Yeah, I'm a born, a born again gamer And you've literally seen the light So I have, yes Talk, it's Just a quick aside with regards to that I, ha- I had a follow up appointment um, Monday just gone and my right eye going absolutely fine. Um, my sight, in terms of my um, how how I uh, feel about light and stuff like that, and how much it might affect me, is going to be on and off still for a few weeks. But it's generally it's in the right direction. It's going great. Left eye, they said that's pretty much. You know, I don't think we're going to save that. So that's fine. And um, <clears throat> he was like, "So what we need to do?" Because I said it's hurting a little bit. I've got some redness, and he went, "Yeah, you've got some pressure build up. We'll give you some drops." I went, okay, that's cool. And then I said to him, I said, what I do also get, I get these weird chasing lights around the edge of my vision on the left side. And he went, right, hang on, disappears, comes back, goes, right, we're going to have to take you in and give you an injection now. All right, what? And he went, yeah, yeah, there's, there's like more pressure than you should have. If you're getting chasing lights around your vision, you shouldn't be having that. Um, that's all to do with build up a pressure or something. So I had to have an emergency injection. Um, which counts as an operation because I had to sign a consent form for it, um, which was funny because he gave me the consent form to, find, to sign, pointed me where it was, so I signed it, and he went, not vertically, you need to sign across the page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, yeah sight problems here, pal. <laughs> God, sight problem. You yeah. know this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I went, and I went. Oh no, no, no. Okay, right. I'm just going to be brave. And he went, right. It's just an injection. Um, he goes, you had a major surgery. I went, yeah, no, but I was sedated for that. And he goes, but it's just an injection. Right? He goes, does you know the surgery you had? And I went, yeah. Do you know we said it was a major surgery? And I went, yeah. He goes, right, generally in our clinic, there's two other surgeries we do that are considered more major than yours. Um, one is where he said, like, we completely almost, like, rebuild the eye, which one I think is impressive and he goes the other one is literally emergency we must perform this operation now or you will lose your sight forever type operations he goes apart from that there's no other major surgeries above what yours was you had that done and was very calm so he went so don't worry about the injection and again doctors not understanding my humor sat there had the injection absolutely fine so if you've been panicked about it and you've been the one worrying, and the doctor's been a carbon influence, what's the first thing you say to that doctor after you've had that injection? Well, you normally thank him. Well, you do, but you turn around, I went, I went, he went, how was that? I went, it was fine, doctor. I have no idea what you was worried about. <laughs> and he turned around and went, no, I wasn't worried. You was the one who was worried in kind of a really confused way. Oh, jeez. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, don't you miss that point. Glad you don't come to my stand-up shows. No one comes to my stand-up shows. That's because I don't do stand-up shows. Yeah, but anyway, um, right. I want to try and get this in before we actually move on to actually talking about video games. 
If you want to join in the podcast, if you've got any comments about games, what we talk about later in the show, please do email podcast at mentalhealthgaming.com. Um, get that in early so that if you get bored halfway through, you can, you, you know where to write to tell us that we're boring. Um, but anyway, video games, show. What have you been playing? So, a couple this week, and they've been pretty interesting and varied. So, there's actually three. And the first one, I, I don't know if you've heard of it. So, I was playing on my Game Boy, and I found this game called Tetris, or Tetris. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But it's like... It's pronounced yeah. It's pronounced Tetris. Ah, okay, right. Tetris. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, it's kind of this thing where it's like someone's dropping dominoes into a box or something... And you've got to shuffle them around. It's a really tedious sort of thing. So You are really triggering me right now. <laughs> I thought I might be. <laughs> the plan worked, Edward. So Dominoes. <laughs> you, hit, you hate me at dominoes. I was like, no! Uh, gotcha. So, um, yeah, no, I just... Even though I, you know, I get the Tetris effect far too quickly, I've been addicted to playing it every... At least every now and again. I'm making sure I don't stay on it too long and get obsessed. But... Even the original version with no bells and whistles is just so good. It's it's so good. It's just completely compelling. And you're there trying to work out little tactics in your head and teach yourself better lessons from you know what you've done before. And uh, I've just, yeah, I've been really loving playing that again. It's been such a long time since I played it on a Game Boy. Uh, and it is such the perfect marriage of technology and game. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's, there's never been, I, I, I still don't think, a game that's more synonymous with its machine than Tetris and Game Boy. Yeah. People will talk about Mario with Nintendo, but that's more of a mascot for the entire system. And the closest I think you almost get to that is Alex Kidd and the Master System. Yeah. But mm. that kind of went nowhere, but just Tetris and the Game Boy is just, uh, and it still holds up today. It's still, if you give that to someone today as a, if they've never seen Tetris before, and if it, I think they could still play that and be just wow, that's a really that's an amazing game. I don't think it's just rose tinted um, nostalgia that does it. Absolutely not. No, no, it's definitely not because I've played it for uh, comparatively recently. We're you know playing on the PC. Uh, well, no, it was on the PS4 in, uh, in VR anyway. You know, yeah. and um, playing the Tetris effect and. It's a very <laughs> stripped-down version of because, <laughs> as you know, it's it's got far more basic mechanics. Um, mm. If you touch like another block on the ground, you know, when it's connected on the bottom, it sticks. If you don't push to the direction quickly enough, and yeah. um, you can't rotate within a gap, and you've probably got all like proper terms for all this, but you know, I'm. I've got no clue. Just an idiot. No, they're all different versions of Tetris. It's different rule sets and stuff like that. So you still get people play the NES Tetris, which is based on the same engine as um, Game Boy Tetris. People play that as World Championships, which has that rule set with there's no spins or anything like that. Um, and it's immediate drops. Um, whereas modern tetris as it as it's coined allows you all the bells and whistles where you could you've got a fraction of a second or if you can keep it spinning and moving you can keep it there and uh, move it in space and stuff like that you can do wonderful things like you can actually if you can create a standalone um square you could spin around that square and get into play there's just loads of little techniques you can do now that you couldn't do back then yeah 
but apparently a lot of that was purely down to memory. It's the reason you couldn't do holds and things like that because the memory wasn't there for yes, it. Yeah. But it makes it a unique experience that I think the cornerstone probably for every modern video game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's to- totally, even though it wasn't actually created by Nintendo themselves, it oh. exemplifies what Nintendo were all about in that it's it doesn't even have to be the most beautiful, but it, you know it's going to be mechanically perfect. And they've kind of carried that design for... Oh, we've talked about this on the podcast before. They've carried that design philosophy all the way through since they've been making games. And uh, it, it's working really well for them. So let's hope they don't stop. Oh, yeah. And actually, talking about this, um, this is just really weird and a slight weird aside. Uh, watching The Chase, because uh, again, I can listen to quizzes while I can't see properly. And there was a question from an older one about which company makes uh, uh, made Tetris. And the answer they gave was Nintendo. And he went, correct. I went, that's not true. That's not true at all. Yeah. Going by when this one was, like 2015 or something like that, or whatever, it might it maybe have been even earlier. I was like, technically, it's Ubisoft if you're going to do a modern equivalent of that. And like, it's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, really angry. Ah. <laughs> Can't, you can't you can't get that wrong, but it's like yeah, so there's people. That, but it shows how much people recognise Nintendo and Tetris still. I think even though it's not been a Nintendo property for at least two decades. God. Um, and it's only it was only technically a Nintendo property for a very brief amount of time, um, and that was due to again. If you ever get a chance to watch any of the documentaries, the licensing around Nintendo and getting that out of the uh, Eastern Bloc. Oh, it's a wonderful story. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I, I do know that one, yeah. The fact the inventors only just starting to get royalties for the game and everything over the past few years shows what a story it was. I know, I know. Um, it's like, you know, back in those days, he, uh, Alexei Pajitnov, or however you pronounce the name, apologies if that's wrong. Yep. The the government, the Soviet government owned his, his copyright. I think they gave him a potato for it, but took his firstborn child, so, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Yeah, which is, shows the difference between socialism and communism. There is a big gap. There is. And people seem to think they are the same, but we're not going down that road now. <laughs> Best not. But that was another side. Games, Stuart. Tell me about more games before I talk about my one. Yes, yeah. So it's that part of the show where we talk about dirt because there's a, uh, you know, got to be a section every week now. Uh, it's in the rules. The Mental Health Gaming Podcast, sponsored by Codemasters and Dirt. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> Want some money? That'd be brilliant. I want to be sponsored by a decent game. Um, well, yeah, I'm not sure Codemasters ever get any money because everyone just, they, the games come out and they just get criticised and then they're reduced to about a tenner after three weeks. Anyway, so, so it was just to talk about what we said last week about the uh, the camera and the rear view. So oh, yes. I said, there's definitely no, no rear view when you're in the external view, even the bonnet cam. You asked me whether there is one on the internal view and I said there was. There isn't. There is no internal view. So when, you, when you're when you in an internal view in the car in Dirt 5, mm-hmm. there is a rear view mirror and it's black. It doesn't have any image in it. Now, I doubt this is a glitch. I think this is, you know, by design. But yeah, that is totally freaky. It's just not there. I'm not allowed to touch my eyes at the moment. I've been told I'm not allowed to touch my eyes. But do you know that thing where it's, how it's so bad where you kind of just squeeze the middle of your nose on your eyes you're like oh no yep just yeah that's that's that you'd think they'd learn code masters from the debacle on grid two i know i know 
I'll have to. What I'll have to do is take some screenshots and put them up on our website. Just show, just show you, because it's bananas. I can't believe it's not there. So if anyone has a different version, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, and they do have a rear view when they're in the internal view, please tell us. So show, show us some pictures, because yeah, bananas. So- Someone will be claiming, but you don't need a rear view mirror on a rally game. You do when you're in a pack. But on dirt, you do, because it's pack racing in there as well. Yep. Um, and that rear view mirror is vital. Um, I'm sure even like the original Toka Touring Car Championship had a rear view mirror yeah. in it. Yeah. Although you got, it was like, it was always like less, um, sort of like more basic graphics and stuff like that. But. Do you even get the arrows come up that tell you, oh, there's a... I've never got those that come up at the bottom. Oh, there's a card here behind you. Oh, no, that's not a feature of this game. No. Oh, I, I could never get those anyway. It kind of like arrows spin around. I'm going, I don't know where that car is. Yeah. I, I get what you're trying to do. I don't know where that car is. I need my mirrors. I know, exactly. Um, but there you go. Which is why the one time I played, uh, I think, Dirt Rally, the original, and Project Cars 2? I want to say, maybe. Could have been one, either one. In VR, and having that quick thing of being able just to move your head slightly to look into the uh, mirror or swing your head around quickly. Oh, that was amazing. That, that, yeah, that That's what VR's made for, those sort of games. Yeah. It's funny, and we won't go into a big discussion about Dirt because, honestly, we're going to be down to, like, two listeners. But, yeah, I played Dirt Rally in, in VR, and I also played P-Cars 2 in VR, um, I really like it, but I, there's a really simple and straightforward reason I don't do it very often, and that's because it gets too hot. <laughs> it gets yes. too hot and too intense for me. It just, yeah, it I just it's frying my brain. It's it's too it's very enclosed, very sweaty, and yeah, I just it's not very comfortable. And I, you know, it's not something you have to think about in gaming very often about you know your physical comfort or discomfort. But with VR, you have to you really have to plan for it. And uh, yeah, I find also, it uncomfortable. You could also argue that makes it super realistic because if you're in racing suits and everything and helmets and and the like, and you're in those cars, it probably does get very hot and sweaty and uncomfortable. You're always on edge, so it, it adds to the realism. It certainly does, but I, I don't want it to be real. I want it to be very fake and make Fun. make me look like a good driver. So it's it's already doing a lot of hard work. So Yeah, I just want it to be fun. If I wanted to be a real racing driver, I'd go out and do it. Yeah. Because it's just easy to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on a racing career. <laughs> they are still amazing experiences, but yeah, I don't think I could sit there for hours playing um, a racing game in VR. No. So you were going to talk about something that you've been playing before the eyesight woes, I think. Yes, it was going to be basically the last game I reviewed before I went in for my um, original operation. And it's called Astrologaster. And it's a really, really interesting game. And it's kind of um, a bit like a more advanced version of Reigns and things like that where you basically you're making sort of like almost like black and white decisions but they have a, an effect that isn't black and white um but the idea is you play this doctor who i believe was a real doctor back in the victorian times who used astrology to come up with various um, ways of diagnosing and treating his patients 
um, um, was, uh, from what I understand, was quite well known at the time. And um, seen as a bit of a crackpot by some and a genius by others. But anyway, the concept is you're you're this this doctor, and people come and see you with their medical issues, um, and you need to diagnose them. And you get they tell you a bit of their stories. It's like a visual novel type thing. They tell you a bit of their story, what their issues are, um, and then you get given these options that you must choose from um, as to looking at the stars. So you're looking at the stars and choosing what's wrong with them based on the alignment of the stars or what stars, um, what star side they are and uh, what the constellations are at the time that you can see, that kind of thing. And then you mm. come down and you, and you give them that diagnosis. And then, but what diagnosis you give them or what treatment you give them doesn't always have a bearing instantly. They might come back to you ages down the line with something else that's linked to that or where it's gone wrong or even it's gone right and stuff like that. So it has a bearing on the overall story of the game. Really interesting mechanics to it. Yeah. And um, my first thought was, oh, for an indie game, it's going to be fairly black and white, I reckon, in terms of there's not going to be much nuance to it. And I'm not going to spoil it because it goes places. It's a, such an interesting story. This is on the Switch. I played this, by the way. So it's really, I like it when it's on the Switch. It's very personal. But one of the very first cases you get is this woman comes to you and she gives you all this this um, this speech about what's up. You know, oh, I'm feeling really sick. My stomach really hurts and stuff like that. And it kind of almost gears you to sort of like, there's this, this proper underlying problem. But I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like reading it going, she sounds pregnant but she's claiming she can't be pregnant stuff like that and it was like very if she's pregnant this game must be uh, trying to be very subtle and going places some very dark places possibly yeah i'm going but it doesn't seem like it's that sort of game like it's very early on it seems very like nice not a nice game but it seems like it's very simple so far so like it can't be going down that route so i went with the option of um take this medication you've got a gut ache and something like that I thought that's what it's going to be once you to do medical things and the other was something it didn't quite say it was pregnancy but it was something else that suggested that don't give her the drugs that could do damage but will help her at the same time and then it turned out she was pregnant and it made her lose the baby i was like oh okay this game does go places yeah now I've really got to think about everything that's coming in. I can't just, it's not like, oh, when I've played range, you'll have games where you just go, yep, 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 nope, 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 yep, yep, yep. And you get these gra- these bars that tell you whether you're doing good for religion, money, your people, whatever. And you, it's easy to see what it is. This, it's not. It's everything's kind of um, subjective. And it's, it's, it's this visual novel style with this like advanced range mechanic. And it's got no fanfare to it at all i don't think i've heard anyone else speak about it i don't think i've seen it anywhere else and for me yeah for me it is really gonna be one of the most underrated gems of 2021 it's yeah we're in a funny spot because on the one hand we don't want to stifle creativity you know we want as many people as possible to get their games out there so we can find stuff like this but on the other hand if we don't have the corporations step in and limit your access to them or limit you know what gets out there and the quality control and stuff like that they can get lost in a sea of 
games and it, it's really weird because we're in a, it, you know we're kind of caught between two stools at the moment of like we want all these games but we don't all want all these games because you, you can re- read about people on the discord or on forums or whatever saying oh, I'm playing such and such and you can be thinking well actually you, you should be playing X game instead because it's far superior but they've just stumbled across this other thing or it's on game pass or whatever and it means that complete genius ideas like the one in Astrogaster are are getting sort of left behind. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Um, But this is where I think, I know we seem like we do this and we sound like we're sometimes Xbox fanboys. Um, We're not. It's just they are hitting all the right notes at the moment, which is what happens when you're left behind the previous generation where they really screwed the pooch. But anyway, Game Pass is great and everything. But what they're doing at the moment, they've realised that every major game is being pushed back at the moment to 2022. We're not actually getting many AAA releases coming out. So they are still really focusing on the idea Xbox stuff. Recently doing a showcase, um, which, by the way, was terrible to watch. Um, It was really badly put together, unfortunately. Again, copy nintendo completely just copy nintendo when it comes to how to do directs and things like that but loads of games really promoting their idea xbox stuff and i'd love to see more of the big uh, like platform holders just doing a big push on the good indie games nintendo have done a good job of allowing indies on but they're allowing the trash on they've kind of gone yeah everything's welcome when steam did that a while back and done steam green light stuff and yeah um, Nintendo seems to be going down that route of oh, we're not going to feel we're even going to um, promote the crap uh, the stuff that's being put out for 9p um, just because now don't get me wrong there's the odd gem in there but 90% of some of that stuff is just freeware trash or should be but I want to see the platform holders going look we have, everyone's being put back to 2022 we can either rush these games out they're going to be bug ridden messes and we're going to have another cyberpunk on our hands or we give the big studios a chance to have the time they need to make these games and get them out as they should be. And we promote all the indie titles. We promote all these clever little titles. One, it'll be great PR for them. And I say, you know, Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony could still put out a big title or a couple of big titles in the year and not flood it. But give a promotion to those games and you get so much good PR from that as well. And those games get the lift they probably deserve. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, there needs to be an element of curation. And I think one of the reasons why we do talk about Game Pass so much is that that is curated and and very specifically selected. And, oh, it's certainly not that we've got a bias, geez. I mean, you know, most of the stuff I play is just totally off the radar. A lot of it is anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, uh, yeah, curation definitely needed. Yeah. 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 Um, again, I think Game Pass can bring a few more lesser known indies um, to the party, you know. But the fact they can bring out a Narita Boy alongside Outriders shows again their commitment to making sure at least they're doing something, w- which is good. But yeah, look up. I don't know what systems it's on apart from the Switch, but Astrologaster definitely, definitely give that a go. Um, I don't know if you can see. Um, have a quick look up, see what systems that's on, Stu. I will do. Yeah. Um, so I used to get nervous actually listening to other podcasts just do it because I've been listening to other podcasts like your giant bombs and your easy allies you hear them typing away I was like well if it's okay for them fine it's okay for us Ah, we're more professional than that (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, but that's what you hear in the background. You even go like, you can hear the ones that someone mentioned something because um, Easy Allies, they mentioned um, an Asterix and Obelix game. Yeah. And they're like, because oh, they're American, I don't think Asterix and Obelix is as big over there as it no. is. It's not even big here, but it's massive in France, isn't it? Yeah. They're all typing away and they're going, oh, yeah, I recognise that character. And then I think feigning, oh, yeah, I'm sure I've played some games with them. I know who they are because of video games. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> We've all played that trick where you're like, oh, crap, Game of Cred. He's talking about something I don't really know about, so let's just um, pretend I do. Yeah, I've all been there. Yeah, I do that every week. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, It's available on the the Apple App Store. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's available on the eShop for Switch. Uh, and it's available on Steam. So it's a very typical indie release. It's only available on like one console, but it's available on PC. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, definitely give those a go. Give, give, give those a go. Give that a go. Also, if you've got Game Pass, Art of Rally's coming to Game Pass later this year. You lucky, lucky people. Nice. But that's it from me with games. I'll hopefully be playing something in the next week or so. So I'll talk about something a bit newer. But yeah, Astrologaster, it's brilliant. Get it. And promote it if you like it, because I, I'd love to see that 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 company do well and make more. Is that it, gaming wise? Yeah, that's it. That's it, gaming wise. So before we move on again, if you do want to join in discussion, podcast at mentalhealthgaming.com. Again, talk about the games, tell us what we're doing right and wrong, and second half of the show, obviously anything you wish to add to it. So yeah, moving on. Stu, um, I know you've recently had, not yourself, but within the family, having to deal now with a new diagnosis of diabetes, which is something I've had for the past 16 years myself. So, yeah, I'll, I'll move on to you to talk about sort of like what your, your week's been like, I suppose, so far. Yeah, yeah, not great, really. Um, So what happened was <clears throat> my sister had been feeling unwell and she got some blood tests done and she was waiting for the results. And she got a call from the from the doctor's office saying, you've got to go immediately to hospital. So she went to hospital straight away and, yeah, basically got a diabetes diagnosis. And, yeah, her, her blood sugar was really, really high and it was like 125 apparently, which is crazy high. Um, yeah. So it was a bit of a shock. So she went straight on to having insulin injections and she's still on them at the moment. I think they're going to revise her you know give her a proper diet and uh revise whether it's going to be injections she needs or whether it's going to be tablets later on Mm. seeing how things are controlled uh yeah so i mean that was a shock in and of itself but also my my dad was type 1 diabetic so he so that sort of brings up a whole load of other you know memories and and concerns and stuff and you know, he uh, he died when I was young. I was thirteen when he died. Um, that was, uh, you know, tangentially related to to diabetes. He he was in yeah. poor health anyway, but he uh, he. I really, it's a story for another day because it's quite mm. quite involved, and we were on the news. But um, yeah, so he he had type one diabetes, and therefore my sister getting it, and also they they've not determined yet whether it is type 1 or type 2 whether it's late onset type 1 or whether it's just uh you know not just but whether it's type 2 so that was you know that's kind of swirling around in the back of our minds as well and if you remember 
I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast. I think I did. My father-in-law has had cancer. So hairy cell leukemia, which is one of the more unusual ones of the blood cancers. And yeah. he's had treatment for that, and it looks like it's all clear, thank God. <laughs> See, it's all God this week. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so we, we've just kind of bounced back from that news and then got this news as well. So psychologically, it's been a really horrible time. And a diabetes diagnosis is like, it's one of those where uh, even though you know that somebody can can stay in, in the best of health through the proper controls, it's one of those things that it then means that there are limits on them that they've never had before. So that means a big change in their life and their lifestyle. So it, it's a, it is a big deal. And, and especially coming now, right, when you're having to deal with a bloody pandemic, yeah. you don't really want to have a long-term chronic health condition pop up at the same time. So it's it's all a bit heavy going, really, and, a, and it's been a, a lot to deal with. And of course, I'm preaching to the choir here, again, religious reference, because, <laughs> yeah, obviously you've you've dealt with it for, for well over a decade. So, yeah, like, how, how are you getting on with it at the moment, with everything going on? See, diabetes is uh, it's, it's a, one of the strangest chronic illnesses you can have, I think, because of the way it's seen at the moment. Uh, now, if you don't mind me asking, if you're okay, when sort of was it your dad was diagnosed with diabetes and when did he pass? He, I think my dad was diagnosed as a child because um, it was very, I think it was very early on when he was diagnosed with it. So diagnosed what 60s 70s died in the 80s then uh yes basically yeah yeah so see one of the things is i think diabetes when you look at it back then was probably a completely different thing to what it is now and now it's really weird it's when i got diagnosed in 2005 late 2005 it was almost like a joke uh, you've got a fake illness and uh, blah 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 and attention seeking illness and stuff like that not anything nasty but just friends sort of like trying to keep my spirits up but I don't think it was ever seen as serious as what it used to be and in turn that probably led to me straight first of all taking it seriously um, especially when I, I was told to go straight to hospital because my blood sugars were way way up there and when I was in hospital one of the doctors turned around to me and said, look, we, you've been diagnosed now. We actually reckon you've had it since childhood. Yeah. It was like, that explains a lot why I suddenly had massive weight loss whilst I was always thirsty, always eating, always going to the toilet, always tired, that sort of thing. So I reckon you've had it since childhood. And actually your numbers, we don't know how you're alive. You've had this untreated. We do not know how you're alive. So like, it was like, oh, right, okay. Um, so I took that and for the first year or two years I was definitely sort of like on on it it was like right do it all properly cut out anything sugary and then you kept hearing more and more about how people were dealing with it easier and easier and easier and I just got really slack with it it was like well yeah I can snack I'll have chocolate and whatever and desserts and stuff and just take a bit more insulin um, then the depression started hitting and I just stopped eating really so I was, wasn't taking insulin so I'd, I'd, I'd take if I was lucky my bedtime uh, not my bedtime my uh, evening meal one that was the one I did always take and my bedtime insulin and um, so I don't really eat breakfast or lunch and then if we did have breakfast or lunch it like, oh, doesn't matter anyway and diabetes is a slow and silent killer 
every issue I've had over the past couple of years. So, you know, a massive hole in my foot um, because of a wound that got worse and worse. That's because of diabetes. The aches and pains I get, that's because of diabetes. My vision issues, that's because of diabetes. Um, And it's sort of like over the past, the past eight months when my foot went, I started to try and get it under control. Uh, But with my vision and after the op, I went, no, I've got to now. And I'm religiously taking all my insulin properly. But the problem you get when you take insulin isn't the high blood sugars as such, because you can bring those down. It's when you have the opposite. You have a hypo because you go from feeling fine to very, very sick almost instantly and if you can pick it up when you feel sick and you know what that feeling is which is you feel a bit shaky a bit sick you you do you throw like a a, a glucose tablet or you know a spoonful of sugar or even a you know a mars bar sometimes you go hey i can i can eat the treats and you you try and bring it back up but being on insulin you could be fine one moment and you could potentially be dead that evening if you've not got your blood sugars monitored um very rare but if you're you know there is always a chance it can drop whereas when it's high that can take years but it does more damage um and more long-term damage so i i think what needs to be done with diabetes we don't want to scare people because it can if you manage it right you can live an absolutely normal life but more needs to be done to make people aware of what diabetes actually is it's almost one of those that's treated the same way as like certain issues of mental health, where it's it's almost like oh diabetes, oh come on, that's not even you know you don't get any help with diabetes in terms of okay you get like your your medication and all that is part of, is, is free, but people go that that'll do for you. You don't get any like living allowance or or anything like that. You're not even considered disabled, but you are because it's the effect on your life every day. So it's kind of yes. in a weird position, diabetes. That I think only people who have had it or got it, sorry, can appreciate someone else getting it and the fears that 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 can create. And your side of it, where you've seen it be a possibly a catalyst towards the worst case scenario, I I, I really feel for the like what fears you'll have for your sister about now. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there's always been people in my life with it, and it's you know, it's something that I'm aware of and and. Yeah, I just it just makes me yeah concerned for a, and, and a very mm. very bad timing really just really really poor timing and I'm not sure whether I mean it could well have been that you know we, we've all been like eating badly you know uh, during lockdown because it's one of the things that we can rely on and some people have eaten too little some people are over exercising some people are eating too much some people are leaning towards just crisps going on an all pizza diet and you know and I think you know maybe my sister had started to have too much sugar which brought that up you know brought it to the fore so I think it's all mental health linked as well um you know with with it presenting now you know because it's all linked to in one way or another to to the pandemic yeah and again the reason it needs a more serious education around it to people and I think diabetics need the help, especially now with like the, the discussions around mental health because of the pandemic and things like that as being the starting point. You've actually got a very effective tool for ending your own life. And I, I, I'm going to be very open here. A few years ago, um, 
things were looking bleak for me in terms of work and money and just my future in general. Just everything was looking bleak. And I sat there, uh, put a a needle on my insulin pen, my my Nova Rapid, sort of quick-acting one, put a needle on it. Um, I generally take between sort of like 14 to 26 units, depending on what time of the day it is for what meal. I sat there, I basically unwound the pen to the highest number it will go to on the thing, and I sat there and went, if I inject all of this into myself now, I should hopefully be dead by the time anyone gets home. Which is scary to think, with something like that, you have got this effective tool for basically ending your own life when things get bad. Now, though we could say that people have painkillers and paracetamol around and that, that can do it as well. But generally, if someone overdoses on um, on paracetamol or whatever, you can pump their stomach or something and you've got an option of saving it. Again, that's not to belittle yeah. that as a effective method for, for suicide. Um, but you drop someone's blood sugar down, they can be dead very, very quickly. Yeah. Now, bizarrely, I don't think I've seen or heard many cases of people having ended their own life with insulin, but I know it's an option because I've been told if I don't monitor or I take too much, I can go into a coma that I might not wake from. So I know it is an option, but I think a lot of it comes from the belittling of mental health in, in, in the public and the same with the way diabetes is looked at. If you get diabetes, it's your fault. It's always your fault if you get diabetes is the public perception. Now, type 1 diabetes, I I found out, and obviously diet does have something to do with it. Um, On the whole, it'll help trigger it. But if you get type 1 diabetes, apparently it's something that's underlying there anyway, and your diet actually isn't what causes you to get the diabetes. It's just, again, it can be a catalyst for bringing it forward, Um, which I didn't know. I always assumed it was, oh, because I had a poor diet. Um, um, what I was told was though you actually started having a poor diet because your body started craving stuff that you the, the only thing you could get for that was stuff that's not good for you so yeah it's not always diet related even though it has an effect but I think the problem is the way society looks at things because you still get this whole thing from older generations that go oh everyone's diabetic now or everyone's being made gay now or, or things like that back in my day you would you know you didn't have people wanting to be a woman if they was a man and um you know oh, people weren't diabetic as much back in my day because we had better diets and we looked after ourselves no you didn't you worked down mines and smoked like chimneys yeah you know and you ate lard you did not have better dietary lifestyles for a start What's actually happening now, instead of looking... I remember when I was a kid in the 80s, if you needed to go to the toilet on a car journey, you'd be like, oh, okay, look, we'll stop in a minute. If you then went 10 minutes later, uh, I need a wee again, you got told off. Because like, really? You really need a wee again? We've just stopped, blah, blah, blah. Right? Or if someone's tired, um, you go back over the decades. If someone's tired all the time, they're called lazy. And if they don't have the energy, you know, it's uh, like dirty layabouts and stuff like that. It's only now we're starting to work out that actually there's an underlying reason for that. What could that underlying reason be? Oh, look, this all points to, points to diabetes. It's not that there's more people with diabetes now. There's more people actually getting diagnosed with the illnesses they have. 
it's the same as not to go too sort of like into societal issues with it it's the reason why you see more people come out as gay or accepting that they can be transgender is because it's become more acceptable because people pushed through those barriers back in the 80s and 90s and so on so it's not that there is more of it now it's just more people can accept it now um, like we watched a program last night and it was about this um, this couple it's one of those hospital programs again because that's all we watch apart from that and quizzes and there was this um, old couple in their 80s uh, one was a West Indian man and he had a white wife and they was talking about the um, the prejudices they faced growing up she got fell pregnant and the family was trying to say look we can get rid of the baby and just pretend nothing happened and things like that and how people would look at them and so on and so forth. And you go, right, it actually shows how far we've come in some respects because no one looks at a, a, a black person and a white person together and goes, oh my God, look at them. And so in some respects we have come quite far, but obviously in others there's just the whole other chat about where we've hardly gone anywhere. But it's we discover more things and that's why we're getting more and more people being diabetic. But it does need some, it needs more, it needs to be realised that it is a disability. Again, just because it's not a missing leg or a gammy hand or blind or something like that, it is a disability and people need help with it. I, I don't know how far that's going to be down the line, unfortunately. And I feel nothing but solidarity with your sister because hopefully she'll get the support network she needs. But the resources aren't there for people, unfortunately. I know, I know. It's one of those, again, where you can go, why are these things not discovered? Why are they not treated properly? And you just go back to, well, who benefits? In any situation, who benefits? And it's like, you know, the government benefit if they can class people as fit for work. Mm. So if they don't define something as being a, a disability, then they won't give you any money towards it and they expect you to be in a regular, in a regular job yeah. without any support. And therefore, they benefit. So... Yes, just to jump on my socialist uh, <laughs> soapbox yet again and start preaching. Yeah. There's other things that go with it, and it's just really weird, like the uh, the treatment of it. It's my local hospital. I go and see um, the diabetic team there, not as often as I should. Um, at the moment, I've barely seen them because of the pandemic. But I should be seeing them, and they're very much, if you try calorie counting when you like for your food, and I was like, I can't do it. But it's easy, it's adding stuff up. But no, I can do the math. Sir, sorry, the maths. I can do that. I just can't do calorie counting. I don't have a stable enough diet because of my lifestyle with my kids and everything. I just can't do it. I can't get my head around sitting down and taking the time to do that. I'm being diagnosed with ADHD and I just can't get my head around doing that side of it. And, oh, are you doing your finger pricks? No, I forget. Well, you shouldn't forget. I said, but I do forget. By the time I've eaten, it's like, oh, I forgot. And I'll do that later. And then I forget. Well, you shouldn't be forgetting. But I do. And then I inquire about, well, what about one of those, um, you can get like an insulin pump type thing that you can have attached to yourself. And that'll read and administer insulin when you need it. Yeah, you need to be managing your diabetes properly so we can give you that. And I'd like, what? And they said, yeah, you need to be making sure it's proving that you can manage your diabetes properly. And if you can, then we can give you a pump. I said, but, but I need one of those because I can't manage my diabetes properly. My ADHD, like, this was even before my ADHD. I said, because of my depression um, and me not caring if I live or die, I can't naturally, I can't mentally manage my diabetes properly. And then they said, right, well, what we can do, you've got to come to these in-people meetings that we have and we can get you through that and then we can maybe start to apply. Um, but you've got to do this course first. 
right, when is it? Uh, right, it's from two till three, five days a week for three weeks or something like that. So an hour a day. I said, I can't do that. Well, you need to. I said, I can't because I need to pick my kid up from school. Well, you need to do it to prove you. I said, but I can't do it. I said, I'm not saying I don't want to do it. I just physically cannot do it. Well, then we're not going to be able to help you get like the pump. And I was like, but then I'm just you're letting me go further and further into issues. I will come back here. You'll say, right, what do you eat? And I'll say, this is this. I can't eat. I've explained on here before why I physically cannot eat vegetables. I can't do this and I can't eat at these proper times. I don't feel like eating. I don't care if I die. You'll go, but you've got to. I'll go, oh, okay, then. You'll send me off. A few months later, I'll come back and we do the whole dance again. And she said, yeah, but unfortunately, the doctor pretty much turned around and said, look, I get it. It's unfortunately, that's the protocols we've been set. And it's ridiculous. But you can get now like a subscription plan where you can get like a glucose monitor that attaches to your phone and you wear and it'll tell you what your constant thing is. It's about £150 a month. Jesus. I thought you were going to say as a one-off. No, a month. And so I get why, I almost get why they don't want to provide that. But instead of providing it to the ones who are happily going about life, going, yeah, I've got my diabetes under control. It's absolutely fine. My blood sugar's at a constant 5.7. I'm taking it properly. I'm eating properly. They're not the ones who need that. They're not the ones who need the immediate help. It's the ones who are struggling. Now, don't get me wrong. If I turn up day one of having diabetes and go, ah, I can't do this. Then, yeah, do you know what? Go, actually, can we actually see if these things work? But when you're 15, 16 years down the line and you're still going, ah, I don't think I can do this. I've tried and it's not working and I'm nearly dying then that's when they should be going, right, okay, yeah, maybe you should be eligible for um, an automatic insulin pump. God, it's, it's like they say about loans. You have to prove that you don't need one before they'll give one to you. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the people who... Yeah, we can allow you to buy this washing machine with monthly payments. Can you prove you can afford this washing machine in one foul swoop? <laughs> and if you can't afford it, we're going to make you pay more. It's, yeah. It takes the piss. It really does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. It's, it's almost like turning around and going, look, mate, I understand that you've got gangrene in your leg. But listen, we're only going to perform amputations on people who have got a good leg. We're, exactly. we're not going to perform it on someone who needs an amputation. No, no. It's all a load of crap. Yeah. But yeah, no, as I say, with your sister, I, I really hope she gets to I mean obviously from the family she'll get the, uh, the support she needs this way unless you turn around and go oh no screw it, I don't care well, I was going to say yeah not from me but yeah <laughs> the rest of them are alright <laughs> yeah she'll get the support she needs from the family but yeah I hope she gets the support she needs sort of like from all the institutions and practices that are meant to be there for her yeah I mean I, I think she probably will um, and I think that very much again that depends on sort of what what area of the country you're in. She's in, she's in a good place for that. But yeah, I, from a mental health perspective, I hope, I hope it's okay for her. I mean, I can't really talk about how she feels because I, I don't really know. She said that she's you know she gets down and upset about it sometimes, but she's broadly been okay. And I think it's probably just part of acceptance. But yes. from my perspective, it's uh, yeah, you, you sort of worry more obviously because you're concerned about them and you don't want them to be in you know in, 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 a few steps away from being dead just at any moment so yeah i'm just coming to terms with it i guess 
And I mean, for anyone who's, I suppose, else is listening, who's maybe recently been diagnosed or knows someone who's been diagnosed, it is also very manageable. We spoke almost about the extremes of what can go wrong with it, but it's also very, very manageable. You can live a bog-standard, normal, quote-unquote, life. Oh, I put the quote-unquotes in the wrong places. But anyway, you can lead a normal life and you can get on with it with, you know, very minor adjustments. So it's not all doom and gloom with diabetes, despite us talking about the extremes of it. Yeah, no, I'm sure. So that's it, really, from me. On, on all of this unless you want anything else to add no no that's everything I think then I'll hand it over to you and your God to praise be us out of the show yeah so me the Holy Spirit and God the Father wish you no sorry that is really we compel you <laughs> <laughs> really going down a anti-religious rabbit hole here I'm going to get in trouble um, yeah so we'll probably get our best numbers ever now uh, yeah. from the um, from the, uh, the Sat- religious extremists from the Satanists yeah 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 but there you go so with easter approaching hopefully everyone's got stuff to look forward to over the weekend especially with some of the restrictions being slightly so that you can see people it's obviously you can't go off and go crazy and nobody should but it's nice that if you've been completely isolated like a lot of people have that you've got a bit more of a an outlet now and a bit more of official backing to have that outlet Hopefully people don't just go bananas over the Easter weekend, but you know, even as I'm saying this, I realise that's a hopeless gesture for most of the, the country. Just, just, just fill yourself fill yourself with chocolate unless you're diabetic. Yeah, yeah yes, exactly. Uh, have sugar-free chocolate if that's the only option available to you. Um, it's horrible. But yeah, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully everyone has a good weekend in prospect. Look, good long weekend. In the meantime, obviously check out all of our reviews on the website. Follow us on Twitter. And if you want to, you can help us by supporting us financially via Patreon or a one-off on coffee. But in the meantime, take care, stay safe and stay sane.